Happy Thanksgiving. Here we are. It's Thursday, November 26th. I've got two articles here. One from The Mighty. It is 22 things people with anxiety want others to know during the holidays. I've got an article from Psychology Today. Anxiety makes the holidays harder. I've glanced at both of these enough to know that I enjoy them. However, we're pretty much going to be getting these together at the same time. I want to say this about the holidays before we begin. It's it's Thanksgiving. Sometimes people have this, I can't wait till the holidays. I get a couple days off. I get to eat with family. And then we find that without that work, without that routine, without that structure, that anxiety increases. The interaction with family members, which can trigger anxiety, increases. So I feel you during this time. I mean, I'm with you. This this is also something for me with, with work that as I have the free time, I know I have to ratchet up structures and what what I need to do to protect my mind, to treat my mental health like a business and not a game. So after the two articles, I'm going to go through uh, an example of problem solving in seven steps. If you are plagued with anxiety today, consider this tool, this tool, this strategy. I was just having a conversation about mindfulness or meditation. And for me, using problem solving steps, the formula is a form of mindfulness. It's understanding what we think, what stories we're telling us uh, in our minds, and then how we're going to go about it. I used it this morning, and what it allowed me to do was not act from my thoughts or the way I feel. It, it It allowed me to step back, examine the whole situation, and consider it. So at the end, of the two articles, we're going to go through problem solving in seven steps, just the formula. Anxiety makes the, wait, let's go with, back to the mighty. Okay, the holidays we know can be anxiety provoking for everyone. We've got 40 million adults who live with anxiety disorders. So this means putting anxiety on top of anxiety. And the pressure of holidays can add challenges to someone who's already dealing with anxiety on a day-to-day basis. So the Mighty goes out, they ask the community, their community, what do they want people to know? What do they wish people understood about living with anxiety around the holidays? Okay, when you see your friend or family member who lives with anxiety step outside at a holiday party, this might give you a better understanding of what they're going through. So what do those people with anxiety want us to know? Okay, this one's from Shelly. Just because you're supposed to be happy around the holidays doesn't mean everyone is. And that's okay. It's okay not to be okay. Not everyone can handle the stress of all of it. You know, maybe we miss loved ones who are no longer here. We wish we could do more. We want to see and feel all the joy and happiness you feel, but we can't. And it doesn't mean we don't love you or don't care. I got that, Shelly. She's letting us, letting other folks with anxiety know know that it's okay if you're not okay around the holidays, and uh, we we wish we we were in a better space to do more, but maybe we can't. 
Okay, number two from Misty. I may disappear for an hour from time to time. It's just to take a breather. Don't be offended. Don't think I'm upset. Don't take it personally. I need to catch my breath. So I'm envisioning Misty. She's leaving, and then she has people coming up to her family. Hey, what's wrong? Well, that's going to increase anxiety. Misty's like, just I'm just taking care of myself, okay? Shannon, number three, holidays make my anxiety worse. Just know that I do care, but sometimes I need a quiet space to rein in my anxiety. Yeah, is that is that what you guys use? Do you need a little alone time, a little quiet space to, to process, to go through whatever tools and strategies you have? Okay. Number four from Tricia. When I go outside, it's not because I'm trying to avoid the situation. Okay. I'm get I'm getting from all of these that so far that people don't seem to understand that when you walk out of the room, it's it's just it's it's not trying to avoid it. So I'm trying to regroup. Let's see if we got a different one. Number number five, Kristen. I'm not a snob. I get overwhelmed and I shut down. Please understand it has nothing to do with you. So it's all of these yet again are managing other people's expectations. I wish that you understood. So it's like anxiety, folks. We want others to understand our actions. From number six, this is autistic, not weird. The worst part of Christmas is the expectation that everyone needs to be happy. For some reason, Christmas is a wonderful chance to be thankful for what you have. For some of us, the expectation from other people is that we need to be happy is quiet, quite daunting. And you know what? Autistic, not weird. Maybe that expectation isn't from other people only. It's also from ourselves. And I find for myself that instead of focusing on other people to understand me, it's just be okay with them not understanding myself. Number seven, if I freeze during small talk, let me off the hook. Nothing personal. That's from Aaron. <laughs> Not good at small talk. Number eight, gifts. This is about the obligation to reciprocate gifts. This is from Chris with two S's. I don't feel I deserve. She says, the ob obligation I feel to reciprocate gifts I don't feel I deserve is absolutely crushing at the same time provokes humility and thankfulness. The push-pull of these extremes leave me breathless and broken. For this reason, I don't celebrate the season and push people away, lest they see me fro see my frozen reaction as heartless. Really, I just don't know what to do. I'm so torn between the good and bad stress of it all. You guys feel gift pressure? Oh, I must, should I get them a gift? I, makes me think about tipping. I don't want to be seen as a cheapskate, but I don't want to give them too much, and I don't have a ton of money, but yet, you know, I pull out my, my tip calculator. I usually go 20%, by the way. Number nine, don't enter my bubble uninvited from Jenta, Jenna. How do, you, how do you all do with space? Get out of my bubble. Yeah, some people don't get it, man. Number 10, if I'm there, I really want to see you. But please understand, I may not want... I may want to separate myself or leave early. I may want to do this. That's from Barbara. Barb. Hmm. Number 11, Serena. 
As someone with anxiety and schizoaffective disorder, I feel a deep uncertainty as far as the holidays are concerned. Where others look forward to a celebration of a new year, I fear living another year in the company of a life-limiting mental illness. I feel you. Number 12, the idea of Christmas makes me happy. I love the lights and presents and food. It's the execution that sends me spiraling. You got to shop, the preparation, parties. I feel overwhelmed, Jennifer. 13. As the number of people and noise increases, so does my anxiety. Timeouts. Colette may need a timeout. Okay, I'm reading from Punky Moonro. Wants others to know that I may need to mentally prep myself for them and, and, and hide to calm down. I'm going to start skipping some of these if, if I think they're doubling up. From Kindle, sometimes I really want to help with whatever it is everyone's doing, but there are times that I can't. Don't judge me if I step away, okay? Karen says, whatever your vulnerability vulnerability is at the holidays will become supersized. It's utterly and completely exhausting playing all possible scenarios and conversations out in your mind for weeks ahead of time. Thanks, Mia. Yeah. You know, for me, and that's number 18, for me, I like preparing the things with family and extended family that may trigger me. They're going to do this, and here's how I react. And that we'll get to that with the problem solving. <clears throat> but if I can prime my brain for what I may experience and how I'm going to deal with it, who I want to be in that conversation, then I usually come out better. Number jumping to number 20, anxiety is a 24-7, 365 ordeal. It is amplified during the holidays. I cannot and will not step foot in a shopping mall. Eric, gotcha, Eric. Number 21, I can't just magically get rid of it forever by thinking positive. Thank you, Sally. So true. You have all these people, hey, here's what you need to do for anxiety, and they focus on the symptom. Here's how you calm down anxiety. It's the worry, the worry about anxiety, but what about the worry that got me to anxiety? Then you have the think positive, change your thinking. Listen, that's not going to do it. Not for a lot of us anyway. I've found for myself it's a number of tools, oh, and it, it's constantly being adjusted and refined. Number 22, the greatest gift of all would be patience and understanding in such a chaotic and stressful time. I'm curious, and that was Savannah, I'm curious if there are people who, who have anxiety disorder and it goes down over the holidays. <clears throat> Maybe. I think that's it. That's all I got. Those are good. Okay. And there's some conversation at the bottom. People say it really resonates and helps me know I'm not alone. Thanksgiving Christmas is when we learned my mom was terminally ill. Huge trigger. Oh, yeah. It's the family members. We have those triggers. Hmm. Okay. Moving on. We're rocking right along. 
anxiety makes the holidays harder. This is Psychology Today, and they list four ways I get through the most wonderful time of the year. Okay, buckle up. Here we go. This is by, I don't know. It was posted in December 22nd of 2015. Do we have an art? Oh, by, okay, Scott. Scott. Scott Neumer. Neumer. Scott, I used to love Christmas. Christmas Eve, my parents, sister, and I take a short 10-minute drive to my grandparents' house, eat until we're stuffed, walk across the street to church, sing a few Christmas carols with the small congregation before going back to exchange presents. Just the idea of piling into my mother's tiny red Dodge Omni around that time of year was enough to evoke the smell of pine trees and the minty taste of candy canes. Good memory, I feel you, Scott. If all that sounds a little too it's a wonderful life, that's because it was. Our family ritual was the classic white picket fence suburban Christmas, and I loved it. I vividly remember telling my parents that I loved the holidays because being together with everyone just made me feel happy. The last 10 years have been a very different holiday story. If those first 25 years of Christmas gatherings resembled It's a Wonderful Life, the last decade has felt a lot more like Bob Clark's classic Yuletide horror movie Black Christmas. Why? One simple word, anxiety. A little more than 10 years ago, normal, everyday situations like going out to eat, standing in the line at the post office, turned into nightmarish scenarios that left me drenched in sweat with a pounding heart, blurred vision. I was diagnosed with panic disorder. I've spent the last decade learning, battling, and coming to terms with the fact that my life is a cocktail of anxious thoughts, obsessive compulsive tendencies, and agoraphobia. I've taken meds. I've done the cognitive behavioral therapy and read more books on this topic than most people do in their entire lifetime. I still struggle every day but I have learned to live, work, and parent with anxiety. And I'm proud of that. But the holidays do test me every year. For example, this past Thanksgiving Eve, while sitting on the couch watching cartoons with my daughter and trying desperately to quell my growing unease, I posted a Facebook message that has become my new holiday ritual. This is my yearly reminder to all that some folks have a harder time around the holidays because of things like anxiety. Be kind and understanding. The response to my plea has grown every year. This November, 94 people liked it, and nine people left comments thanking me. Let me step out, Scott. I got you. Okay, you're putting it out there, but I also want to caution. I see a lot of people putting strange-ass messages on Facebook. And uh, I don't know that we know how to do that right. I'm not, I'm not talking to you specifically, Scott. I'm just talking to people who put stuff out there regularly, and it's weird. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't have a very clear-cut point. I'll just tell you for me, there are three people I follow. I follow. I regularly go in and I look at their name to see what ridiculous garbage they've posted lately. There's one who's uh, 
uh, all about, I need you to feel this way about me. Okay, I guess what I'm saying is, be aware if we're posting it for to fulfill some underlying need within ourselves or because we're trying to, you know, connect and help others. Okay. We know the holidays can be an extremely stressful time. Not only are family, families preparing to entertain family and friends at large gatherings or packing for big trips, but there's also the added stress of not having enough money for gifts or time to get out and buy those gifts as well as so many other anxiety-inducing activities. Did I get the right present? Will they like it? How will I find the time to spend Christmas with my family and also see my significant other's family? What about the dog? Can I bring the dog? Will she feel lonely at home? These are normal stresses most folks face. And Scott, you know, the COVID thing, I'll tell you that the stress of COVID has been for me is 100% zero. I've had, (laughs) weird way to say it, I've had zero COVID stress. How have you all done? I can't control COVID. I'll be safe and we'll move on. Sorry about that. That's my coffee. There's a high 99.9 whatever percent living ratio that we know, (laughs) survival ratio. It's like, I'm not super nervous. I'll follow the precautions and we'll move on and ultimately... If COVID is my time to go, it's my time to go. I just do not worry about it. Okay. Huh. What the holidays feel like when you have anxiety. Scott says, those of us who struggle with panic, anxiety, depression, or other mood disorders, it gets cranked up. Okay. Here's a little journey through Scott's mind as the seasonal soundtracks grow louder. Whose house will I have to go to on Christmas? How long will I have to be there? Where can I park so I can leave if I have to leave? What will I be able to eat during Christmas dinner without feeling nauseated? Can I bring my own caffeine-free iced tea because it's the only kind I will drink? What if? What if I'm there past the usual bedtime and I don't get sleep and the next day's hard? What if it's too hot in the house? What if it's too cold? What if some people are sick? What if it's contagious? How can I avoid people who may be contagious? Is it weird to bring my own plastic silverware because I don't know how well their forks and knives have been washed? Can I bring some for my daughter too? Is it weird that I thought I'd do that? Do I have to stay for dessert even though I won't eat any? How can I get out of this? How can I... How can I get out of this? How can I get... He starts repeating that. He says, it's exhausting. Okay, let me interrupt, Scott. Why are we so damn worried about what they feel? So you leave during dessert. Hey, I'm out. Love you guys. That's all I can handle right now. Bye. Why are we worried? Is that thought really worth... I understand... My mind is the same. My mind will go through all of these. And I used to have the nice guy syndrome or the people pleasing and it builds up inside. Who cares? Why? We're going to die? What does it matter? Being honest also tends to help those who are not in our circle find their way out and help those who get and understand find their way in. It strengthens friendships by going, no, listen. Okay, I'll give you an example for me. I never drink food. I, I never, I'm sorry, I never drink uh, beverage 
while I'm eating my food. I drink after. Now, if they're saying, what do you want to drink? Sometimes I'll say, nothing right now. I'm going to get something in about an hour after I eat. I don't care what they think about that. Oh, you don't drink while you eat? No, I don't. Why, why, Scott, why do we care so much? And also, just because your mind races, that doesn't mean anybody's responsible for that or anybody needs to, oh, well, be, be aware of Scott. He's got a lot going on in his mind right now. If it's too, if you're worried about it being too hot in the house or too cold, you got to breathe, brother. You've got to, you've got to go, go in and have, have a plan. This is only your problem. Am I, am I kind of fussing at Scott a little bit? I think so. For the past few years after Christmas, Scott has joked with his wife that, quote, I need a vacation. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. By the time I've pushed myself to the very precipice of breakdown at the holidays, all I want to do on 26th of December is crawl into the comforter, crawl into ball, and sleep until the new year. I relate very much to that. And I'll tell you for me, uh, last year with extended family, I now realize that kind of our arrangement will not work for me. And I now... When I'm hosting, I get to ask for what I need for. And if they get mad, good. They should. It's their right. I get to get mad when I want. They get to get mad. I get to ask for what I need, and I do not worry about the rest. The pressure of being a parent with anxiety. Here Scott goes, sharing the holidays with my daughter, Skylar, who will be seven years old in January, has made the season both incredibly rewarding and even more daunting. She adores the holidays nearly every day this time of year. She tells me, Daddy, I just love Christmas because I get to spend it with my family. This kid is a gift and a great reminder of why these seasons mean so much to so many people. I may have shared this before, Scott. I've heard someone say that you basically get three Christmases. Christmas when you're a kid, Christmas when you're a parent, and then Christmas when you're a grandparent. (laughs) So... Uh, Those are the three different experiences. He continues, yet her very existence also means I worry. I worry, uh, and, and it's amplified because now I add the even bigger worry of whether I can keep it together so she won't see how anxious I am. I'm running a million scenarios through my mind that involve me losing it, not being able to care for her while we're out and about. It's terrifying. Clearly, I've made it through all those anxiety-filled Christmases past. I'm still here to write this story. That's the thing about anxiety. It feels really, really, really terrible as it's happening. But when you've learned to live with and manage it, as I have, it always subsides. Whether it's from using techniques I learned in cognitive behavioral therapy, from taking medication to ease my mind, or from just plain gritting my teeth and breathing through it. The anxiety always goes away eventually. Yeah, and Scott, I understand that above. You're trying to, you're saying this is your default, where your mind goes, where your worry goes, and you are going to share your your strategy. So here's what he says. Over the past decade, I've learned a few important ways to ease, or at the very least, bear my anxiety during the most stressful time of the year. Okay, Scott, what do you got? We're almost done. One. I stick to my daily routine as much as possible. This is tough during the holiday season, but even doing a few things for my daily regimen is helpful. Yes, we need structure. For example, Scott says, I wake up at the same time. 
I eat the same breakfast. I write about how I'm feeling every day. Scott, I did that. I did my problem-solving formula this morning, seventh step. I did my three, three, and three. My gratitude, three things from yesterday, three things I'm going to do today to help keep that routine in mind. Where my mind needs to focus. And then three minutes of breathing. Scott says, I prepare myself to be anxious. There's no way around it. I'm going to have to go out. I have to be social. Gather with friends and family at places outside of my comfort zone. So I try my hardest to keep myself talk positive. Write down coping statement and strategies that help me when I'm most anxious. And remind myself that anxiety, while uncomfortable, is okay. I feel like if I could read Scott's self-talk, he would say, I care about my family, and I care about the holidays, and it also increases anxiety. So I will, I'm going to be anxious, and that's okay. There's going to be increased anxiety, because part of anxiety is when we have it, we wish it away. And that has the opposite effect. Scott focuses on his family, considering the needs of my wife and daughter, and thinking of how I can make the holidays great for them. Helps me get outside my head. And those with anxiety know how important that can be and concentrate on the things that will bring us joy. I'll give you an example. Speaking. If when I am going to present a lesson or speak to a group or speak in front of people, answer a question in a meeting and all eyes turn on me, if I am worried about not sounding dumb, anxiety increases. If I am, If I go in with a mindset of, I have information that I want to share for you that may be helpful... I don't give a damn how I look, if I look smart, if I look dumb, whatever it is, I'm here to present information that I hope is helpful, and that's it. And my fear seems to be maintained by reminding myself it's not about me. It's not about looking smart or dumb. I'm just here to try to to help. So what Scott's saying is I focus on making this good for them. And that tends to help me. This morning, I did my problem solving. I did my three, three, and three. And I have my list for today. What do I want to get done? What's reasonable? What are we going to do? And I'll tell you, for me, I, I'm doing the podcast because I didn't do one last weekend. Sorry. <clears throat> I did some numbers work. I use YNAB. You need a budget. I worked on taxes. I worked on my numbers and updating my budget. I'm painting the house, so I'm working on painting. It's a lime wash of Oreo white, if you're interested. And uh, the the dinner, the extended, the uh, family dinner, that's going to happen. So at about 2 p.m. So anyway, instead of letting these worries and thoughts come in, I'm, I'm focused on what I'm doing and going to do. That routine. Will all of these strategies, hang on, last one. Scott reminds himself that he's surrounded by love, gratitude. Many of my friends and family members don't understand what it's like to deal with an anxiety disorder on a daily basis or how the holidays can make it worse, but they still are family. They love me. They care about me, even if they don't understand me, and that's sometimes enough. It's the gratitude piece for me. 
instead of my anxiety, my anxiety, you don't get it. How about you love me? And that matters. How could, what about this? You're supposed to get it. You're supposed to understand anxiety. Would you understand anxiety if you didn't have it? No, you wouldn't. So they're not supposed to understand anxiety. I'm just going to do what I need to do to take care of me. If they don't get it, that's okay. Will all of these strategies work for you or any of the other 40 million Americans who suffer from anxiety disorder? Probably not. Some might. Some might be useless. And I bet you got some great ones you could share with me. That's how anxiety works. Everyone experiences it differently. Scott's hope is that you can take away from this, reshape them for your situation, make them work for you during the holidays. It's hard work, though it's worth it. And when all else fails, just set a date with your comforter for December 26th. The warm, fuzzy embrace of your bed will always be there for you. I love it. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank the, the mighty... I'm going to thank uh, psychology today, and let's go on to, uh, I'm, I'm punching it up on my computer, I'm going to take a power sip of coffee while we go there, oh man, seven step problem solving, okay, I don't know, for those of us who ruminate, how you deal with it. If I find myself fixated on a situation, I'm angry, I'm anxious, I'm concerned, I go through and I look at the seven-step problem solving. Question number one, what is the situation? Number two, what stories am I telling myself about the situation? They could be true or not true. Number three, what am I feeling? Number four, if another person involved, what do I imagine he or she is thinking, feeling, and needing? Number five, what part am I responsible for here? What are some, number six, what are some possible actions I could take? Number seven, what are excuses or challenges I have to those solutions and how do I overcome them? And I might add to what do I want in there? So the situation is, Let's just take a a hypothetical one here. You know, I'm anxious. I'm extremely anxious around the holidays. What stories am I telling myself? People don't understand me. Um, I'm going to have to get out and be in the mall and loud and loud places, and that's going to be difficult. Um, I don't want to upset anyone. What about that? You know, I'm not writing these down, but let's just let's just work through it. The situation, anxious around the holidays, stories. And then I get to I get to mark what am I feeling? I'm feeling terrified, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling frustrated. Another person's involved. We're gonna put the that down. Well, my 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 mom's gonna be involved. My aunt Nancy's gonna be involved. What does she think, feel, and need? Well, my mom's goal is for us to have a Thanksgiving menu and spend eight hours together. Okay. What am I responsible for? You know, for me, I put showing up. Sometimes finding, finding a balanced response. So let's go back. I'm not... Which ones did I? Which did I... Which ones did I list? 
So I go back to the story section. Okay, I'm anxious. The first one, I'm not supposed to be anxious. Are you not? You're not supposed to be anxious around the holidays. You have anxiety and you've been anxious for the last 10 years and you're telling me you're not supposed to be anxious around the holidays. Let go of that thought. I have to get out and about and it's going to be a lot for me. And then I start to work on it. Well, is that true? Yeah, maybe it is true. Okay, do I have Amazon? Do I only have to go out once? How can I make this work as best as possible for me? Uh, People won't understand me. I challenge that. People are supposed to understand you. So I go through and I challenge each story. And if it's true, how am I going to deal with it? If it's not, I can let it go. When I come, when I look at what the other person thinks, feels, and needs, for example, my mom's going to need eight hours. And this is not my mom, I'm just saying. My mom needs eight hours together. Maybe I can talk to her. Hey, just to, I got to let you know ahead of time, eight hours doesn't work for me. And I, I'm grateful that you care, but I, I will be there for four hours. Okay. What am I responsible for? Being honest. Offering a balanced response. Taking my responsibility. How about that? Owning my part. Not expecting everyone else to own my part. What are some actions I could take? We've started to come up with some. Maybe I can shop online. Maybe I can go early. Maybe I can ask for what I need. Maybe I can compromise. And I put specific actions down. What are excuses? Well, they're going to be mad. And then I have to respond to that. Let them be mad. Am I? Someone's not supposed to be mad. Someone's not supposed to be disappointed. Someone's not supposed to judge. It's okay if they're mad. How do I overcome each challenge? Maybe I reach out for support. Maybe I journal. So let's review these again. Okay. What is the situation? One sentence. What stories, true or false, am I telling myself about the situation? What am I feeling? If another person is involved, what are they feeling, do I think? What do they need? What am I responsible for here? What are some possible actions I could take? What are excuses I have for each possible action? And finally, how can I overcome each challenge or excuse? I invite you to try it. I hope you have a a happy Thanksgiving for what it's worth, whether you're with family or whether you're alone and in a building season. I'm I'm thinking about myself here. I remember a number of Thanksgivings. I was just with myself and felt like nobody knew I was alive nor cared. That can change. And, And that's also not true. That was just the way I felt. Okay? It's okay. I'll pause right there. I ask, as always, support at Anxiety Help with Wes. Messages, ratings. What rate? Let me tell you what ratings do. Okay. Good, bad, or whatever. Um, it 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 gives me a boost of knowing here is something I'm doing that's working. If it's a negative rating, it is. Here's maybe based on the feedback, an, a direction I can do to change. Uh, if you have questions and you need a little support, support at Anxiety Help with Wes. I will end on that one.